listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. A chick's on Spotify now! <laughs> so you can find the show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and so many more platforms in addition to Anchor.fm. I am thrilled. <laughs> Anyway, um, this week, um, actually tomorrow, I'm headed to Dallas to attend my sorority's grand conference, commonly known as Boulet. Basically, for four days, all international and domestic members come together to do the business of Sigma Gamma Rho as a united grand voting body. Since my mama is also part of the SG Rho family, she's bringing daddy and I'm bringing the hubby so that we can have a mini family vacay on the side. Um... We have cousins and friends in the area, too, so you know it's going to be something like a family reunion. Anyway, I'm eager to talk about today's topic, though I have to give a few disclaimers. First, I'm a cisgender straight woman. My point of view on the subject of LGBTQIA life is purely from what I've learned as an outsider with friends who identify as queer and acquaintances that identify as trans. Second... The views expressed on this topic are mine alone. Though I am a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority, I am not speaking for the organization. Okay, let's continue. I won't get to see much of Dallas. You know how conferences are. They have nearly every second of your time filled, especially if you sit on a committee. However, I am genuinely excited for this conference because, for the first time, SGRO is going to hold a sorority-wide town hall about gender identity, gender expression, and the LGBTQIA community. It's so timely to me because Diamond Styles from Marsha's Plate podcast was just talking in episode, like a couple episodes back, I think it was um, 38. Anyway, she was talking about her Greek life experience, or the lack thereof, when she was in college. I'll let Diamond speak for herself, but she essentially brings up the fact that she saw Greekdom as part of college life that she wanted to experience, but not as a trans woman, just as a regular college student. Um, Nevertheless, she ran into difficulties, she believes, because she is trans. Anyway, she tells a great story, and you should hear it. Um, By the way... Marsha's Plate is a podcast everyone should be listening to because it's three black trans folks talking about real stuff that anyone can relate to and educating like people like me in the process. Um, not that that's their aim, but they can surely explain a concept or deconstruct a concept just to help anybody who's listening, really, especially if they're not in the know. Anyway, back to talking about diamond and and just greek life in general greek life should be open to every qualified person who seeks it um but we need to do a better job um welcoming queer and trans men and women into our orgs um for the purpose of this uh podcast today from here on out assume that when i say greeks or refer to fraternities and sororities greek life um, what have you, any, any reference to Greekdom, um, assume that I'm talking about black Greek letter organizations or the NPHC, um, D9, if you're familiar with that. 
I'm sure other Greek organizations face the same hurdles regarding inclusion, but I am more familiar with black Greek life, um, both in and out of it, um, or before I was in Greek life and, and then after. Um, and as such, I only want to talk um, from that perspective. So today's topic really hits home for me. Um, I have been a member of Sigma Gamma Rho for 10 years, but I've been around Greek life for uh, more like 12 or 13. Um, And in that time, I've heard countless stories of, and this is rumor, mind you, but countless stories of folks who, you know, went to, wanted to be a member of XYZ fraternity and XYZ, you know, sorority. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm hearing stories that they've been rejected for, you know, fill in the blank, your GPA isn't strong enough or your, um, or your GPA isn't high enough or your service record isn't strong enough. Um, but then hearing later that, oh, that's what they told them. But the real reason is because they, you know, they were gay. Now, again, all of this is rumor, but I heard it enough that I was just like, you know, as a young person, I'm like, wow, this, that's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because what does who they sleep with have to do with their ability to help the organization advance in one particular way, help do service for the particular chapter, especially on the undergraduate level where, you know, you've got less time than you have, than you you need to be able to meet certain standards for the sorority, you know, for the Greek organization and the university itself. So like, you don't have time to, to do all that foolishness. You need to bring in qualified quality members. Anyhow, um, So, you know, so I'm hearing this when I wasn't in Greek life, but I was around it. Then when I became a member of Greek life, I'm working alongside some of my sorority sisters, my soros, who are identified as queer women and kind of hearing some of the struggles that they've had to endure in sorority life. And again, this isn't this isn't sorority wide these are individual instances where it's like you know they've been admonished for not being womanly enough I guess or like you know in in instances where they could wear a, a dress or a skirt or whatever but not required to like some members were looking down on them for not doing that some of that you know a little foolishness and you know so I I talked with members who had experienced that on a, a, you know on a one-to-one basis not necessarily a chapter thing but like a one-to-one basis um and then you know just working alongside fellow greeks um because i also serve on my, my uh, nphc and you know just serving along other fellow greeks and it's like everybody knows that this person is gay but they really don't talk about it or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, what, again, what does their sexual orientation have to do with, or what does who they sleep with have to do with 
their ability to serve, their ability to do great service in the name of fill-in-the-blank fraternity. And so all of this really hits home for me. Um, and I'm just so thankful that S.G. Rowe is not necessarily taking a first step, but taking a grand step into educating all of our members, giving some of our members who are more outspoken and open the opportunity to share how they're feeling and some of the ways that we can be more supportive, but then also giving some of our less open uh, sorors an opportunity to become a little bit more open and learn more. Um, Because we know some of these negative, hateful actions are from people who just don't know and don't care to know. And so you're part of an organization. You recognize that the organization is bigger than just you. We need to embrace everyone who can help us be the best org we can. And so, again, I'm just so thankful that Sigma Gamma Rho is taking this grand gesture, this grand step, and I hope we continue. Um, For the town hall, we were given the option, the members, if you registered uh, for the conference or for for the boule, you were able to um, sign up to be a part of the town hall and then submit questions. And you know I submitted questions. And, you know, we've had, I personally know um, an individual who at induction or when they became a member identified as a queer woman, woman, but who now identifies as a trans man. And so I want to know, you know, how are we helping to reach out to that person and engage them if they still want to be engaged? Again, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those personal case-by-case situations. If a person is in a, in a gender-based organization and then they are now identifying as, uh, they don't identify with, as, with that gender anymore, you know, do they even want to continue being a part of sorority life. If you don't, if you identify as a trans man, do you want to continue with sorority life? Maybe not. But like, are we reaching out to that person to see? Are we reaching out to that person to kind of get their feedback on how we could be supportive of them? Um, and so that's something that I, that I, I asked. And, you know, so I'm really hopeful for this town hall. I'm hoping I could get some you know, all the, all the answers and the questions aren't going to be solved today or at this town hall. But again, I'm loving the fact that we are starting this because ultimately I want us to be open and inclusive, truly open and inclusive of, I want us to be so inviting that a trans woman would want to seek membership and feel like, yeah, if I get rejected, it's not because I'm a trans woman. It's because you know, my, literally my grades weren't together or on the alumni level, you know, I can't do it right now because I'm just not financially able. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be about that. I don't want it to be a fear from this person that, oh, I'm a trans woman. And so they don't accept me because that's unacceptable. Cause again, it's just like with a queer, um, identifying person, what does, all of that have to do with your ability to add to the organization. If you are smart, we need your we need that we need your brains. If you have an expertise in a particular subject or a particular uh, field of industry, we need that. Um, we are trying to advance in very specific ways, and we need all the help that we can get. And so, I just don't see how being trans. Um, 
or queer automatically preclude you from being an active and productive member. We know that that's not true. And that's silly. Anyhow, um, you know, prominent Greek members like Mark Mark Lamont Hill, I was about to call him something else, but Mark Lamont Hill, who frequently, I don't know if he's a regular, he's like a regular on CNN. I don't know if he has a show anymore. I don't really watch cable news like that, but um, he was either on a show or was quoted. He was quoted in an article. Either he was interviewed by this person or he was on TV and his words were used. Anyhow, um, he openly said in 2012 that if a trans man is qualified, they should be a member of his fraternity. And when he says qualified, if you are not in Greek life, you might not know this, but like all Greek organizations have qualifications for membership. Those qualifications aren't secret. Um, many of the qualifications for membership are on their national websites. You will definitely be able to get those qualifications when you go to an interest meeting. Um, anyway, so if you meet those qualifications, so like for SG Row, for instance, you have to have a certain GPA, all, well, actually all of them. Uh, if you're an undergrad, you have to have a certain GPA you have to have so many hours. Um, you have to qualify as a second semester soft, uh, freshman at least. Um, and, you know, a service record of some kind of community service. Um, and then, you know, all of the Greek organizations like you to have, you know, done service with them and, and spent some time with them. It's not necessarily a qualification, but it's definitely... You know, if you want to join an organization, especially through a chapter, you need to get to know the people that you want to serve alongside. Anyway, so everybody have those, has those basic qualifications. But your qualifications should have nothing to do with your sexual orientation or your gender. Um, or, how, yeah, if you are a trans man, you identify as a trans man and bam, that's it. That's it. That's your qualification. You, your, you identifying as a trans man isn't your qualification. That you have the GPA, or if you're an alumni, that you have the BA um, or the degree, and that you have the finances, and that you have the commitment is your qualification. Um, yeah, so, I, and, and I actually found that. I was just looking online to see if there were any articles just talking about it. Because, you know, there have been controversies over the years. Um, I think, was it the Texas group? Was it a Texas group or Louisiana group? Um, the Miakas? Mm, yeah, the Miakas, I guess, with that controversy. And I know that that's a separate issue. But I think that, um, and Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's M-A-K-A. Um, and there'll be pictures and there'll be articles and, you know, that, uh, controversy and it's a controversy because it was males who were, they still very much identified as male, but wanted to associate with, um, the sorority and, you know, there were a lot of questions about their motivations. Was it superficial or not? Was there even any service, service, you know, service oriented? And then, you know, the fact that it was a sorority for women 
was a, a big part of it too. And, you know, that conversation is slightly different and that's certainly for another day. But if a person is, identifies as a trans woman, that's it. Are you qualified? Do you meet those qualifications that we measure everyone against? If you do, come on in. You got the loot, come on in. Because again, Greek life costs. It does. Um, it costs more in the beginning than it does after, but it costs. Um, it's, it is volunteer after all. Anyway, so there was that article. And then, um, as I said before, you know, I've served along some sororers who've, who've struggled, um, in specific instances where, you know, they felt like they were being targeted because they were queer women. So even though there was an event where you didn't have to wear a skirt, um, you, they were admonished by someone saying, oh, you know, you know, you know, receiving a text or receiving a, uh, um, you know, a two finger tap, basically saying, you know, why don't you have a skirt on? Even though it wasn't necessarily explicit that you were supposed to wear a skirt, you know, and just little, little stuff like that. Again, it's like, it's not a sorority wide thing. I don't want anybody to feel like it's a sorority wide thing, but it's definitely one of those things that you need to address, um, an overall mentality. There are certain things that you are supposed to wear for certain, certain ceremonies. But apart from that, policing a person's outfits because maybe they don't present as feminine enough without saying it that that passive aggressive way that's got to go that's done that's old and not what we are about and i uh, i know very strongly uh and i know from experience that Sydney Amaro isn't the only sorority that struggles with that um every sorority struggles with it um from queer identifying women feeling like they have to present as feminine as possible to overcompensate because members have given them grief um, to the fact that, you know, a trans woman may not feel comfortable coming to our doors and or a trans man not, may not feel comfortable coming to our doors and seeking membership because they feel like they may be rejected. Um, you know, all of these things we've got to address we've got to address we've got to make a stand if we are legally bound and we stand behind this that we are not going to discriminate based on your culture based on your religion or or your religious practice or lack thereof um and we say that we're not going to discriminate based on your sexual orientation and your gender um what we really should be saying is we're not going to to discriminate based on your sexual orientation. And we're also not going to discriminate. We are inclusive of trans women or trans trans men and women. Um, in the, in the case of a sorority, we, you know, if it's, you know, gender-based sorority, you identify as a trans woman and you meet the qualifications you're in. Um, and it has nothing to do with you being a trans woman and it should be the same as a trans man. Yeah, we should we just need to do more. Um all of all of our organizations need to have conversations, need to have 
these very intimate opportunities to educate and ask the hard questions and give the hard answers and, and don't blink, be firm about it because that's how we're going to move forward. That's how we're going to attract the, the diamonds of the world. That's how we're going to attract, you know, the talented, hardworking members who are going to help us meet our goals, but not only meet them, but to exceed them. Ultimately, I want Janet Mock and Laverne Cox to be my sororers as bad as I want um, Beyonce or Oprah to be a part of my sisterhood. The, Oprah might be a long shot, but you get what I mean. Shoot, Beyonce might be a, I, all four of them might be a long shot, but you get what I'm you get what I'm saying. Every person who's qualified to be a part of the membership should be a part of a membership or an organization, regardless of if they're trans or not. Um, and we should be welcoming and inclusive of everyone. But how will the Laverne Coxes of the world um, know that they are welcome and that they qualify? They can be members of our organizations if we don't tell them, if we don't invite them, if we are not open to them and show them that we're open and mean business. So, yeah, we've just got to do a lot more. And this town hall will not solve everything and magically make Sigma Gamma Rho open and inclusive, but it's a really, really great grand gesture and first big grand step. So, yeah, um, as I said already, this is a subject that I'm passionate about and I might have rambled in places and repeated myself in places. Um, I might have even used the wrong terminology and I am open to you lovingly reaching out to me to correct me because I want to learn. Um, again, I'm a cisgender straight woman. Um, I don't know what it's like to be a transgender, a trans woman or a trans man. But I would love to hear from someone who is, who's also interested in Greek life. Um, we don't have to do anything heavy. I just want to talk. Um, so, yeah, I, um, Bay Baltimore has a Twitter page, a Twitter page, a Twitter account now. You can find Bay Baltimore by literally um, going on Twitter and searching BAE Baltimore and uh, the page will pop up. Um, it's the same avatar as is on all the so the um podcasting platforms um that the show appears on. You can also go to baybaltimore.weebly.com to um interact with me and send me messages um through the page. And of course you can also send me messages a voicemail um through the Anchor app. Um so you can download that, it's completely free, both for Android and um iOS. So, yeah, um, thank you for listening to me today. Um, something, I'm, again, I'm very passionate about and I might speak about later, hopefully with um, more information and maybe a guest or two. Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time.